baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Wiggins, America. I am not a number. I am a free man. Wiggins, America. The only thing I'm going to need from you guys right now is a cup of coffee. Wiggins. Today's global economy waits for no man. America. Today's global business climate is like, whatever, dude. Politics is a dirty game. I'm not sure we want to play. There are forces here at work that you couldn't possibly understand. You have no idea how high up this goes. Welcome to Wiggins America. Good weekend. Welcome to Wiggins America. We have a lot of show to unpack for you. Yes, we're going to talk about Roe versus Wade, but I'm not going to belabor it in this segment simply because we have coming up in the next one, Pacific Legal Foundation. These guys are experts. They have argued cases before the Supreme Court. They have won, and they know the inner workings of things. So I want to talk to them about the leak. How unprecedented is this thing? Because that's been a big story this week, just as much as Roe versus Wade has been the Supreme Court leak. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about are justices going to change their mind now? Because you you think you got about five of them on record now, and maybe four on the other side, that are willing to say they're overturning Roe. That's what it looked like anyway. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about pressure to change. Is it going to change or is it going to solidify them? Are they going to dig their heels in and say, no, now that you've done this, now for sure we're not going to be intimidated. That's kind of the position I'm taking, but we'll talk about that in just a minute here with Pacific Legal. I want to leave plenty of time for them because they are the experts. Here's the crazy thing about this show. The normal cast, Old Roy and Trisha, they've abandoned me. They have complete. It's not just one of them. Both of them at the same time have decided to miss today's show. Now, I we talk about collusion on this show. If you want collusion... That's collu- I got your collusion right here. <laughs> that sounded gross. I'm going to strike that from the record. So if we could just eliminate that from the podcast. Yep. Okay, great. And we are doing that right now. Uh, this will be a big show, though. So we've got one of our favorite fill-ins, D to the C, is going to be in here to do the scripted comedy bit with us. And it is a doozy. <laughs> I'll give you this as a preview of it. This was written intentionally to make old Roy read things that would make him very uncomfortable. Now, D to the C is going to come in and read them as old Roy, reading them uncomfortably. That should be pretty fun. So stick around for that. That's actually coming up in this hour. And next hour, we're going to talk a little bit more about Roe, but less about the legality of it and the possibility that it's, you know, is it actually going to be overturned? We're actually going to talk to somebody who deals with abortion on kind of the ground level at Mosaic Pregnancy Centers. Her name is Kathy. She is the, well, actually, I think she's the head of the organization. Don't quote me on that. Head CEO. She's way up in Mosaic Pregnancy Centers. 
And she is right there with women who are getting abortions. So we're going to talk to her about the reality of what that means. You've probably heard that interview or that type of interview before, but we're going to do some different stuff. We're going to talk about this in light of what could change at the state level. Are there going to be a whole bunch more babies born in conservative states? I mean, that's the kind of stuff we're talking about right now. It's a big, big week. That's a big decision. We're breaking it down here on Wiggins America. Stick around. Great stuff coming up in the very next segment on that and in the next hour. And, of course, we're going to have some goofy stuff, too, as usual, because that's what we do. Wiggins America. We'll be right back. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Wiggins America 97.1 FM Talk. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Let's jump right in. We've got Pacific Legal Foundation's VP of Legal Affairs, Jim Burling, on the phone with us. Thanks so much for doing this today. My pleasure. So let's let's talk about protocol first, because that's kind of what everybody's talking about, even underneath Roe versus Wade. That's, you know, causing the headlines that this is Roe versus Wade. But what is the protocol breach here? Have, have you ever seen anything like this where a... a, a possible opinion is leaked ahead of time no i mean there have been hints of what a future opinion is going to be uh but there has never been a draft opinion circulated in advance uh via leaker before and so what does this do to the court itself i mean are we talking about now you know people are going to be in camps and not going to be trusting each other i I don't know what the inner workings of the relationships between the nine justices are now but does that change things I mean, it changes things just a little bit because there is a great deal of trust when the opinions are circulated amongst the justices before they're issued in final. And they're circulated for the purpose of making sure that uh, everybody has time to think about it. There are dissents and there are concurrences that are being issued and, and answered at the same time. So after this one was circulated, Other justices will probably be writing dissents or concurrences and circulating those. And then the draft opinion, larger draft opinion, can respond to those in turn. And they go back and forth responding to one another. So when you see the final brief, it's usually very different from what I imagine a draft looks like because there's no opportunity yet to respond to any of the other comments, suggestions, criticisms. And now they're not going to be able to trust the circulation of a draft opinion anymore. They're simply going to uh, be very wary about putting things down on paper if they know that they could be leaked. So I think the court has to do something to make sure that this is the uh, rare and only exception to the confidentiality that the members of the court hold amongst themselves and their clerks. Chief Justice John Roberts has been kind of on the war page, the rampage here, going about, uh, looks like he's going to do an investigation. What kind of recourse do they have? I mean, we're not talking about somebody who's broken the law. They've just broken protocol, right? Well, so far as we know, it's only broken the protocol and violation of the agreements that they have. Now, people have speculated, could there be any kind of criminal activity here? 
Well, I mean, it depends. If this if this were leaked by a clerk internally, probably not. But if it was somebody that hacked into the Supreme Court computer system to do this, then possibly uh, there's criminal activity involved. Uh, but so far as we know, this is probably leaked by somebody who had authorization to review and to have this draft in the first place, such as a law clerk or a uh, clerical employee at the court. Uh, but they certainly are breaching their duties. They're certainly going to lose their jobs We're if talk- this is found out, most likely. Jim Burling is on the phone with us. He's from Pacific Legal Foundation. He's the VP of Legal Affairs. How likely is it that a clerk did this without the knowledge or blessing of the justice? Is it pretty likely that the justice would not have known this? I think that if a justice had known this were to happen, that the justice would have done everything to put a stop to it. Uh, because justices are going to be in that court for a long time, I mean, a very long, their entire lifetime in, in most instances. And they're going to want to have the trust of their other justices. Now, they may disagree with one another very much, but they still have to be collegial. I mean, they're great examples of Justice Ginsburg and Justice Scalia that were in polar opposites ideologically, but they were great friends. But how can you have that kind of collegiality if a justice were to allow something to be leaked like this? So I suspect they justices, none of the justices knew anything about this leak before it happened. Yeah. Jim, let's talk about the draft itself. Um, you know the Supreme Court. You know the way that these things work much better than I do, uh, which is why you're here this morning. Um, but is this something that we could have seen this exact draft be the opinion? Or is this commonly, you know, like you said, is this something that is circled around because that's just Alito's opinion and what we would eventually have seen was something completely different? I mean, I think the likelihood if this if this whole leaking hadn't happened is that we would have had a much cleaner version of the draft because Alito uh, seems to have four other votes or a total of five votes, which is what you need for a majority. The, the draft would have been cleaned up quite a bit. There are a few blanks in it. There are some uh, logical um, holes that need to be filled in. And that's the sort of reason why these things are circulated and all the other justices and clerks will look at them very carefully and make comments. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that this was the final opinion. Justice Roberts, as you know, pointedly did not join this. And he may be trying to write his own opinion and perhaps peel off one of the other justices, perhaps Justice Barrett, perhaps Justice Kavanaugh, onto his side to write a somewhere in the middle opinion that might, without overturning Roe versus Wade, simply modifying it to the point that what happened in Texas would be lawful, uh, but not necessarily a wholesale overturning of Roe versus Wade. That seems to be what Justice Roberts was thinking when during oral argument, based on the questions he asked, he was trying to tease out whether there's a middle way. So he might be writing his own opinion and circulating that as well, trying to get some of the other justices to join him. Uh, So you would have a split. You might not have a full majority. Then you could have four justices on the uh, with the Alito draft opinion. You could have several justices with Justice Roberts overturning it, but not overturning road. And then you would have a dissent of the three justices uh, called known as the, the liberal justices. So if you had that sort of situation, a 
4-3-2 split, then none of the opinions would receive a majority. And so Roe versus Wade would probably remain intact. And that may be what Roberts is trying to do. And indeed, maybe the leaker was trying to put more pressure on members of the court to go along that middle path because the leaker didn't like the, the particular path. It's, uh, it's hard to know what the motivations of the leaker were. Right. Yeah. Jim Burling is with Pacific Legal Foundation on the phone with us this morning. So I know we're in very, very strange territory here, especially with such a big case. I mean, this is Roe versus Wade, of all things, which is probably why it was leaked, because it is such a big case. But when you're talking about, you know, where this could go, is is this something that you think once once a draft comes out and, and you implied that, you know, we did have probably five justices that sounded like they were going to vote with this. We don't know for sure, but it sounded like that. Is this going to be something that now they might change, or is this going to maybe lock them in even more than it would have because now they're kind of publicly out there where their position would be? Yeah, I mean, that's the difficult thing about a leak like this. Is it going to require, is it going to make them more likely to say, well, darn it, I am not going to be pressured by a leaker to change my vote? Yeah. Um, That could be the result of this. I mean, these are very independent thinking justices. Uh, None of them are wallflowers. All of them have strong opinions. All of them have lifetime tenure. Uh, And they vote the way they want to, and they probably have their backup if they feel that people are trying to unduly pressure them. Uh, on the other hand, uh, they may agree with somebody like Roberts that maybe we shouldn't go so far. Look at the outrage that's happened so far. Maybe we should have something dial this back a little bit, be more conciliatory. I, I don't know, but I think it's more likely that they're going to um, be less, they, they want to appear that they're not going to buckle under any kind of pressure. Yeah, I kind of felt the same way, but that's why I wanted to ask the question. So, Jim, let me ask you this, because there's so many different facets to this. I mean, the leak is one aspect of the story, but ultimately we're talking about Roe versus Wade. It's a, it's a big deal. I mean, in my lifetime, Roe versus Wade has always existed. So uh, seeing the possibility of this thing ending is really a, a, a monumental tectonic shift in America, to me anyway. What happens now? I mean, I know the basics that this goes back to the states if it is overturned. But can you get into a little more detail about what the average person would see or experience in a world without Roe versus Wade? Well, you are going to see a number of states try different sort of legislation to either restrict the right of abortion further or to enlarge it, depending on the state. How red, how blue are you? And so for the individual out there uh, trying to determine her future, uh, she's going to look at this and say, well, first of all, what state am I in? Is it a red state? Is it a blue state? What's the political um, what's the political pressure here in, in my particular state? If Roe versus Wade gets or excuse me, if abortion gets outlawed in a different way from the Texas law, say five weeks or bans on interstate travel, that kind of thing, those will go back to the courts and the courts will review those with probably the same kind of rational basis review is what the court referred to what happens here, which essentially means that if a government agency is able to, excuse me, if a legislature is able to come up with a good reason for its legislation, the courts will generally defer to that. But there could be exceptions 
I just mentioned a minute ago about this idea that people could be banned from traveling to other states to receive an abortion. Well, that raises another fundamental right, not the right of abortion, but the right to travel. And a court may, instead of having deferential rational basis review of a restriction on the right to travel, it may say that, no, this is such a fundamental right, your right to go from one state to another state, that the legislature has to come up with a really, really good reason to do that. And that's not the same. So I think it's going to for the for the woman or the or the individual looking to see what's that how that's going to affect his or her life going forward. Uh, it's going to all depend. I mean, that's a favorite word of lawyers. It's going to depend, but it really will where you live and what the particular legislature in your state tries to do. It's very interesting that you bring that question up about interstate travel because I've heard that come from Biden administration officials. And my initial reaction was that that sounded like hyperbole. But you're talking about the possibility that um, if Roe versus Wade is overturned and abortion is made illegal in many states, that my assumption was, well, people would just leave those states and go to, like, for instance, right here in Missouri, people would just cross the river and go into Illinois, you know, very, very easily. I imagine it would be a lot of the Midwest would do that. But you're saying that there's the possibility that states have looked at saying, no, you, if you're a resident of our state and you have an abortion, regardless of where it is, it's still illegal? Yeah, they could, they, they could try to pass legislation like that. Okay. And, uh, but I'd be highly skeptical that even the conservative Supreme Court would upheld that right to travel from one state to another. Yeah, I, w- I would, too. You know, even hearing that, I thought that sounded like a, a little bit of a bridge too far. I don't anticipate seeing that, but it's good to hear your legal mind say the same thing as I, my gut was saying. Uh, Jim Burley, we are just about out of time here. Do you want people to find you at Pacific Legal? PacificLegal.org. Go to our website, and you can find me that way. Great. Jim, thank you so much for your time this morning. My pleasure. Wiggins America, good weekend to you, and good weekend to one Mr. D to the C, radio professional extraordinaire. Yes, sir. How are you this morning? I'm doing great, and I really appreciate you being here because the entire cast had to cancel this week. Well, what, what's going on with that? I know, what right? What are we doing here? Old Roy and Trisha are usually right here. They're in at least one of these segments, usually a couple of them together, a couple of them separate. We talk about all kinds of stuff. Neither one of them this week. Did you say Old Roy? Yeah, Old Roy. Wow. That's what I, I know. I know. I know he's Roy. Walmart just came to mind. I, <laughs> I, and I know it's dog food. <laughs> but that's kind of the point. That's kind of the point of calling him old Roy. I give him a terribly hard time, so I'll, I'll spare you some of that. Wow. But at the yeah. end of this segment, so I warned you a little bit, but I didn't give you the full, you know, now that we're on the air, you're like, I'm going to pressure you. Okay. So we do a scripted piece every week. Okay. You've actually helped with one or two of these along the way. Right. Um, so you're kind of familiar with the concept, but those are the ones we do blind, okay. where everybody gets lines, but nobody knows what everybody else's lines are. Right. And then somebody like you or I would go back after the fact and put them into you know an actual script. Okay. And then everybody gets to hear what they just read. This is going to be live, where I just give you a script, you've never seen it before, and we'll do it at the end of the segment. Okay. And you just read it. Okay. And you I'll have your part. It's only it's one short part. But because I wrote this for Old Roy, you're going to be playing the part of Old Roy. You don't have to do a voice or anything. You'll just be saying, "Hi, I'm Old Roy." <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay? All right. Okay. So before we get there, 
A couple of interesting things this week. It's been a man, what a big news week this has been as far as political news. But there's been some interesting stuff too that's crossover news. Have you seen Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man No Way Home? Yes. Because I haven't. Yes, I've seen it. Based on incredible deductive reasoning that I have obtained from being a radio host, a professional radio host at that, mm-hmm. I am assuming that you do not live in China. No, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> the, the look on your face. Because the news about Spider-Man is that it has grossed now $1.37 billion, one of the highest grossing films of all time. And they did not show that movie in China at all. It's the it's it's either the biggest or the second biggest because it's right there with the United States now. Right as the biggest film market in the world. Have you heard this at all? No, I, that's the first I've heard about it. I me too, and it, I just kind of broke this week. It's weird because this isn't new news because the the movie's not new, and so the movie would have been airing in China long ago. Right. So we we probably should have known that it wasn't airing in China. Maybe you know in, industry insiders didn't or did know, but we were just kind of it's kind of hitting the news this week that. The reason that Spider-Man, Sony Pictures, chose not to air Spider-Man in China is because they have this, like, film commission board or whatever. They, they have mm-hmm. a, you know, highly controlled everything right. in communist China. And their board reviews every single thing that comes in, especially from overseas, probably domestically, too. Mm-hmm. And they issue a report that says, okay, if you want this to air here, you be seen here at all. Here's what you have to do to it. And for the most part in the past, every company has just capitulated to that. Mm -hmm. What Sony did with Spider-Man, one of the biggest movies of all time, has to be encouraging. They got the list, and one of the things it said was, you have to scrub the Statue of Liberty from... And so you've seen the movie, because I haven't. I I think the Statue of Liberty is kind of a big part of the movie. I don't think he's, like, swinging from it. But it's in New York. Yeah. So you you see the Statue of Liberty, right. and it's a very like a patriotic right. images, you know. They said you got to get rid of that. So Sony said, "No, we're not going to do that." Well, first of all, that's a big deal right there. So they came back and said, "Okay, well, if you'll just kind of blur it out a little bit, keep it more in the background where it's not as noticeable, you can air this in China." They came back and said, "No, we're still not going to do it." And so China said, "Well, then it can't air here." And they said, "Fine, f you." I'm just asking you as not necessarily political, but isn't that like across the board, no matter Democrat, Republican, anything, isn't that a win? I mean, can't we all say that was the right decision? Good for Sony for doing that. I I would agree with that. You know, I think it was petty on China's part. I mean, what difference does it make if the Statue of Liberty, you you can always make your own Statue of Liberty if you really wanted to. Yeah, I didn't do that when we had King Kong versus Godzilla. I mean, what? I, yeah, I know. Like it to me, that was a. It's a weird. <clears throat> it's a weird one to kind of like die on that hill. Yeah, because there's so many other things that I'm sure. You know, I you've probably heard the stories about. Well, you got to take out certain characters, even like if they're gay, you got to take them out of movies and stuff to air them in China. Sometimes I don't know if it's all the time. I've never that. See, this first I've never heard, heard this? about this. You know? Oh yeah, I mean, I, mean it's, I think they got bigger fish to fry. How about that talcum powder? What? Wait, wait, what? Wait, explain this. What did you just say? So I think they got bigger fish to fry versus, versus something being in the movie. How about that talcum powder? What's the talcum powder? Well, is that a phrase? Did you not notice about the talcum no, powder I don't know and this. the lawsuits that are going on with that? No, what, what no, mean? explain. Oh, my goodness. All right. So 
women who have used Johnson and Johnson talc, baby powder, whatnot that uh-huh. it contains talcum powder. Well, there is something that in that powder that is creating uh, ovarian cancer. Oh, really? And there have been lawsuits about that. No, I have not. Is this tied to China too? Because it's made that's in where, China. That's where all this comes from. Oh, that's why I'm saying they got bigger fish to fry. No kidding. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Wow. No, I had not heard that. Yes, yeah, definitely something that you definitely would want to uh, research on. That yeah, there have been so, several lawsuits, big lawsuits. See, that's that's such a weird topic too. Because how do you sue? I guess you try to sue Johnson and Johnson. Well, you and try that's to what sue they did. Them. They went yeah. after Johnson and Johnson, and who had China was all the talcum powder was coming out of China. Yeah, I, so, I'm yeah. telling you, man. I getting stuff out of China. And that's kind of why I bring this whole topic up is that I just think that this is an issue. You know, there's so many partisan issues that if you bring them up, you, you have Chuck Schumer or uh, Mitch McConnell stand up on the Senate floor. You know, they're going to be saying the exact opposite things mm-hmm. on China. It's weird that we don't really hear much fighting about it. Mm-hmm. It seems like everybody's kind of on the same page now, whether they act out on it is one thing and what they actually do about it. Mm -hmm. But at least the rhetoric itself seems to be pretty bipartisan. And I I just wanted to sort of halfway celebrate that as a win this week because so far companies have really not done what Sony did. Right. And it's it's really encouraging to me to see a company because they lost upwards and you don't know exactly how it would have performed at the box office there. So it's estimated. But somewhere around three hundred million dollars that they lost because they wouldn't scrub the Statue of Liberty. Right. That's awesome. That to me, that is exactly what needs to happen. And so far, for the most part, people are going, eh, I don't want to lose three hundred million dollars, so let's just get rid of it. But if we're starting to see that tide change a little bit, mm-hmm. I think that's that's just a, a big win to me. I think they're gonna make most you know, make a most of their money through uh through like Roku or the, the oh yeah, I, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Sony did really well on Spider Man. Oh, yeah. yeah, they did really. <laughs> but they well. did that well despite China. Right. I think that's what's what's such a big deal because it literally, I think, is one of the top top five or top ten grossing movies of all time. Yeah. And they did it without one of the biggest markets in the world. Mm-hmm. And if they're showing that you can do that, mm-hmm. that's that's just huge. So D of the C is our. You're the cast this morning, man. I guess so. How do you feel about that? <laughs> uh, you know, I've, I've been no- notorious for playing various parts. So Okay. All right. So we're going to move into the scripted material here. So here's how this works. I'm going to give, we're going to take a 30-second break here. I'm going to give the script to D. Mm-hmm. D, you're going to play the part of Old Roy, which okay. really is just, I, I, you'll hear when, I, when you read this, that I really wrote this just so Old Roy had to say uncomfortable things. So you're going to be saying some uncomfortable things, but you're saying them as him. Okay. Okay. All right. So quick break. Hang on. Right back. 97.1 FM Talk. On Demand Audio. So I'm playing the, basically like the narrator of the commercial. You would be the testimonial within the commercial. Okay. You good? Ready? Yeah. Let's get scripted live. Do you struggle with erectile abundance? Hi, I'm Dr. Richard Bonensteel, and if you struggle with erectile abundance, this is the best news you'll hear all day. I've got an all-natural supplement that will decrease blood flow, and it's medicine-free. It's called Reverse Beer Goggles, and yes, they are glasses, and man, do they look dumb. 
But that's not all. While they do make you less attractive, they'll also take the object of your affections down from a 10 to, I don't know, we'll say a 3. But don't trust me. Listen to one of our satisfied erectile abundance customers. Hi, my name is Old Roy. I struggled badly in the supermarket, in the lumberyard, and even in the pool. But then I got reverse beer goggles, and man, do I look dumb. Plus, they made everyone I looked at go from a 10 to, I don't know, well, say a 3. When I first met Old Roy, he had such a bad case of erectile abundance, he thought he could never be cured. It was embarrassing for him, for his family, and for everyone, everywhere, all the time. It was terrible. He was a miserable human being, a cast out, a human dreg. Order your pair of reverse beer goggles now. Call 555-GOGGLE. That's 555-G-O-G-G. And leave off the L and the E. Super easy to remember. American Media Export. Wiggins, America. Bravo! (laughs) (laughs) And now I've got you on record saying some really uncomfortable things, just in case I ever need it. Thank you, D. <laughs> Not a problem. Not a problem at all. Get more at 971talk.com. I'll tell you going into this that this is not the biggest news story of the week. So if you're tuning in to talk about Supreme Court and abortion and Roe versus Wade, we have a lot of that because it is literally one of the biggest stories, I think, maybe of my lifetime. You're talking about a 50-year-old law. That has shaped U.S. politics and morality, at least social, you know, public morality, as far as what should our society be doing for longer than I've been alive. So the fact that that leaked this week is such a big, big deal. Of course, we're going to be talking about it. We've got people to talk about it with us who are much smarter than I am. I'm, of course, providing my analysis as we did at the beginning of the show. But there are other things happening, so let's talk about one of those, and it's it's in the background now, but it resurfaces enough that we should probably mention it. CNN, if you go to the airport, if you go to restaurants sometimes, CNN's on. So even if you don't watch CNN, you're very aware of what CNN and the mainstream news is reporting on. CNN is right there kind of within the center of mainstream news. I would put New York Times, Washington Post kind of right there, too, as far as driving the left-leaning media, NBC, MSNBC, ABC, all a big circle, you know what, (laughs) a circle more, eh, I won't say it, but this one pops up over and over and over, and it does so, so often that you probably don't even know it's a different story every time, but I'll read the headline to you, and you can go, oh, yeah, 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 I do know that stuff's happening. Likelihood of Trump indictment in Manhattan fades as grand jury wraps up. So you probably knew that they were investigating Trump. They had a grand jury convened. They had uh, indictments lined up. They're trying to put criminal charges on the former president of the United States. That that didn't happen again. (laughs) And the news is that the Manhattan district attorney is continuing to investigate Donald J. Trump. But knowledgeable people say that charges are unlikely to occur in the foreseeable future, if ever, because when the new DA for Manhattan took office this year, he and several of his aides raised concerns about the strength of the case, questioning whether they could prove that Mr. Trump intended to break the law. 
And I think this is all about his finances, what he discloses uh, financially, publicly, what he doesn't. Other prosecutors in the office had raised similar concerns, people with knowledge of the matter said. In the final months of Mr. Vance's tenure, that's the previous DA, three assistant DAs stopped working on the investigation, concerned about how rapidly it was proceeding and what they felt were gaps in the evidence against the former president. These are New York, Manhattan district attorneys. They're deep blue. And even they are acknowledging there's not a case here, and they're trying to rush this case. This has been going on now, this stuff, for three years, and it keeps turning up nothing. We'll get to why that is in just a second, but let's talk about this, too, because you may have heard. And this is where I say you hear about these things, but they get so cloudy, you don't even remember what's what. So I'm kind of walking through here. Even as the criminal investigation fades from public view, the New York Attorney General, so not Manhattan, not the local DA, district attorney, we're talking about the Attorney General for the state of New York, Latita James, is getting ready to take new action against Donald Trump as part of her inquiry into whether he falsely inflated the value of his assets in annual financial statements. This is their number one concern in New York. They have no other, no bigger problems for the Attorney General of New York to be dealing with than did Trump project that his assets were bigger than they were, which affects who? <laughs> I mean, who, who's the who, who's the victim here? <laughs> but that's that's the point that they're trying to. This is the same conduct that was under the criminal investigation of Manhattan that they just determined was completely ridiculous and had no case, and they're dropping it. Um, this is all going on while in Fulton County, Georgia. Fulton County being key there, not just Georgia. Fulton County, deepest, bluest pocket of Georgia. Very highly populated. Uh, They're selecting a special grand jury into a new Donald Trump probe. Georgia's district attorney, Fannie T. Willis, is selecting a special grand jury to investigate the phone calls made between then-President Donald Trump and Georgia officials, urging them to, quote, find more votes during the 2020 election. Because he used the word find, which you knew exactly, you remember this story. I'm not going to tell you anything you don't already know. You remember what was going on in 2020. He was saying, why do they keep finding more votes? Why don't they find me some more votes? Well, because he said it about himself. Then, now it's a criminal investigation. Or it's a special grand jury to investigate the phone calls, whatever. So, again, more investigations. This is all these district attorneys do and apparently attorney generals of some states, is they just, they do not care about anything going on. Do you think the district attorney of Atlanta, Georgia, has no crime no crime problems or anything to deal with right now? Everything's fine. You know, Manhattan, there's no crime going on for the DA to deal with there. The biggest crimes that they can find are purely political. Now, if Donald Trump did something illegal... Should he face charges for that? Yeah. Just like if Joe Biden did something illegal or Barack Obama did something illegal, they should be held accountable. You also know that this is ridiculous, that the guy's not been office for over a year now, and they just, they're focusing all of their attention on him because he was the president that they didn't like, because he continues to say things that they don't like. So they're putting they're they're putting themselves on offense instead of defense because he keeps claiming that there are places like Georgia, especially Fulton County, that cheated in the election. 
So what do you do? Well, instead of taking it and just going on defense, you go on offense. These are political games, and everybody knows it. But it's sad that it's happening in the United States. This is what banana republics look like. This isn't what good democracies, functioning democracies look like, where everybody shakes hands at the end, goes home and says, job well done, we'll try to beat you next time. There was the Mueller investigation. Remember that one? I mean, these endless investigations. I could bring up more, but this is the last one. The Mueller investigation. Do you know how long that lasted? 674 days. And that's just when it was an official investigation. As you know, there was a lot of talk outside of that before Robert Mueller was even the guy. Jeff Sessions, what's he going to do? The Robert Mueller investigation lasted 674 days. That is just shy of two years. If you include the time outside of it, it was over two years. And they found nothing. We knew going into that investigation that they would find nothing based on internal text from the FBI that they knew there was no there there. That's where the phrase comes from. I've heard people use that phrase in common language now. I don't even think they're political people. There's no there there is just a saying that people use now. I kind of like that because when they do it, you go, hey, you know where that was from? A lot of people go, no, what's that? It's from that. It's from the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax that, that Donald Trump... Uh, behind closed doors, behind in shadowy back alleys, met with um, Vladimir Putin or Putin's people to alter the outcome of the 2016 election. After two years and deep investigation and knowing ahead of time that the FBI knew ahead of time that there was nothing there. No, they're there. They determined, yep, there was nothing. But it didn't matter because, and we get to the point of this whole thing, with all these investigations The point is the news. The point is CNN, MSNBC, ABC, NBC covering these stories to make it look like you have a corrupt president. Because if you put scandal on somebody enough, you're just going to think they're scandalous. It doesn't matter whether they come out clean every single time. Going into them, you go, man, maybe there's something. Maybe they will find something. But if you investigate somebody enough, look, you yourself. If your boss right now decided, I'm going to do an investigation on you, would they find that you're perfect? No, they wouldn't find that I'm perfect. They wouldn't find that anybody is perfect. And that's the point. You do an investigation enough, you're going to find something on somebody. What's remarkable is that they still haven't found anything on this somebody. And he's got a lot of... He's got a lot out there, right? He's got a lot of financial dealings. He's been the public eye for a long time. Everything he's ever done is out there and being scrutinized and will continue to be. And yet, they haven't got him on a single thing. That is incredible. You're listening to Wiggins America. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about, but I thought that was worthwhile to go over this morning. Stick around. More to come. Get more at 971talk.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.